Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, no, actually, do you know what? I've got, I've got trust in my slippers. <laughs> minute Tim's flagship episode 304 in the champions came to Celtic Park and to have any chance of retaining their title all they had to do was win but unfortunately they failed I am joined by Stephen that was a long F there I thought it was going to be something else but and yes I'm here Melly yes to pick over the bones and discuss Rangers abject failure <laughs> to mount any sort of serious title challenge this season Stephen the one and done champions now for me the mark of champions is as the great Muhammad Ali once kind of said and as the Green Brigade put on a poster some time ago it's the knock, getting knocked down is fine it's getting back up that matters and Celtic got knocked down last season there's no way anyone could deny that we were knocked down we were out and Rangers won the title but Celtic got right back up right back on the horse and we've pretty much won the title at the first time of asking yeah yeah we're looking like it we're looking like it it's not quite done <laughs> yet it's not quite done yet but it's looking in a very very good position but that's a good way to put it it's um we've come an awful long way this season uh, we've, we've spoken about this many times the, the journey that Celtic have been on this season it is remarkable see when you actually look back on it to have come from what was it 25 points last season to yes. to all but winning the title by at least as it stands 6 points plus goal difference plus VAT in goal difference <laughs> is incredibly impressive and it's even more impressive yeah given the context of just how abject how utterly woeful we were last season Melly from this day I know, I know point swings aren't a thing they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not a thing right but it's a good little yeah. gauge it's a wee headline that people often like to use on this date as we record this which is the 2nd of May 12 months ago Rangers sat 23 points ahead of Celtic in the table we're now 6 points ahead of them so that's a 29 point swing where has this come from? good manager mm. good manager Celtic went out and got themselves a good manager in the summer Again, it's looking like they went and targeted two good managers because Eddie Howe's doing a great job down yeah. at Newcastle. So we got that right. And when you get your manager right, like we've seen throughout Celtic history, where it be Vim Janssen, Martin O'Neill, Gordon Strachan coming in, Brendan Rodgers, when you get yourself a good manager, you win trophies and you're successful. And Celtic have managed to do that. We sat here at the start of the season many a time saying if we were within six points of Rangers <laughs> going into the, at the, come the end of the season, that would 
would look at maybe a wee bit of a mm. success as if we were closing the gap on them. But to be six points ahead is phenomenal. Three games to go. We now need to drop points in every game uh, we've got left in the season. And look, see, yesterday... After the game, a bit, ah, could have been that's, better. That's for Rangers to win, by the way. We don't need to drop points in every game for the rest of the season. Just yes. get your listen. Right, yeah. <laughs> what we need to win the title <laughs> is to drop points in every single game. <laughs> Still could win it, couldn't we? <laughs> and, uh, and after the game, uh, myself and a lot of people I spoke to, like, ah, is it a missed opportunity for Celtic there? And, and look, maybe if we had went out and won it, it would have been brilliant, but it was a missed opportunity for Rangers. They had, they had to win that game. And they didn't. They had a couple of chances towards the end, but I didn't ever feel like it was all throwing the kitchen sink at it for Rangers. They did fling Connor Goldson up front, but for yesterday, it was quite strange because we went ahead and then let in a goal. You did probably take a draw before it because it all but seals the title, but just in the grand scheme of things, how far Celtic have come in like, this season. And if you just include the league, we've played them four times. We've beat them twice and drew with them once. Mm. Like They're a decent team. So to come this far in such a short space of time is, is phenomenal, really. It's not often, Stephen, that there's a concurrent competition that goes on that lets you gauge how good a team is because mm, quite yeah. a lot of the time what you hear is, what you hear is, well, it wasn't a very good Rangers team. Oh, Rangers were this. Oh, Rangers were that. That's why Celtic won the league. Now, excuse me, Rangers won the league last year. COVID and all that sort of stuff. So there's kind of a bit of a mitigating circumstance in there. But this season, Celtic are up against a Rangers team that are in the semi-finals of the Europa League yeah, yeah, they're up against a Rangers team that won the league at a canter last year they're up against a Rangers team that many pundits many guys in the press backed to win this league Rangers fans all thought they were going to win the league when it became apparent Rangers weren't going to win the league obviously the excuses started filtering through but this is a difficult this is a, a strong very strong Rangers team as evidenced by other competitions that they're in yeah I think it, I think it would be pretty childish obviously to deny that now to be absolutely clear here we're not saying this to bum Rangers up. We're no. not not fans of doing that on here, but it, it really puts Celtic's achievements into perspective yeah. doing this because to me, just simply dismissing this as I but Rangers are crap, you know, we should be absolutely pumping them every single day. But I think that does down the level of achievement that it's taken to get yeah. to Celtic back to this level. The game itself, um, I was I didn't really know how to react to it. Now we recorded a, our post match stuff mm -hmm. um, immediately after the game, put it out on patreon.com forward slash twenty minute uh, forward slash twenty minute mm -hmm. And I, I didn't really know how to react to it. I felt the the game itself was a little bit deflating. Now that was purely because in the build up to the game, I had spent all week convinced Celtic were going to win and win right. comfortably. Now that was just me doing that to myself. I had the usual wobble where I think, oh, it's going to be difficult, but I couldn't envis envisage anything other than a Celtic win and to come away with the draw that still all but guarantees the league yeah. right and it's, it's right there it's right there just go and get it Celtic but to come away with the draw I thought ah, feels weird it feels kind of strange we, we've basically done enough there but it's, I, I wanted always with a, a league win you want the big blow that lands that, that, yes. that delivers it you know what I mean you want to go out and with a big win and at, as much as we kind of did enough in that draw under a bit of pressure in the second half I didn't know, really know how to react to it. It was, it was only today that I, I got up to there and thought, oh, do you know what, that, that was a, still a good achievement. I hate to be one of these, like I told you so, but I did I did say in the pre-match on Patreon, I thought it would be a draw. I just had yeah, a yeah. feeling that it was going to be a draw. I thought it would be a very, very, very tight game. And it did, Rangers needed to win that game and they didn't. And I think that's what Joe Hart said in his post-match. We were at the post-match press conference. We got invited to do it and that audio is available on Patreon as well. And that that's the, the fact of the matter. This is just... A very, very strong Celtic team. And Melly said it, you get you get your manager right at the beginning of the season and things start to fall into place. And 
I think there's a lot of questions being answered about managers, about players, about things happening. Because when you look back, a lot of these players have performed in big games for us, and we'll talk about the game in a minute. Joe Hart's one, you know, yeah. uh, Greg Taylor's one, the managers, when all these people at different points of their arrival had questions hanging over them. And just week after week, month after month, those questions are just getting batted aside. Ange Postacoglu is just one manager of the year, which was unthinkable when he walked in. No one was tipping him for manager of the year the first couple of months. Yeah, it's strange because we've, we kind of thought at the start of the season, look, Ange Postacoglu, by when you find out who he is and mm. what he's done and have a look at him and go, do you know what, this could be something special if Celtic managed to close the gap and then go on and win in the second season. But to come in, get that start we got, losing the first three away games and then... To go from there, that's the last time we lost domestically yeah. in the league. That That's incredible, that's September. And Celtic have just went on this run. But yeah, you can't, can't forget within that run, the amount of things that happened to Celtic, injuries and COVID getting us in one of the St Johnston games yeah. towards the end of uh, the year. And just thinking, Celtic have just managed to go, no excuses here. We've not got the players right now, but we're not going Ange Postacolo keeps saying, I didn't give the players that excuse. Everybody here's good enough to be here. And Celtic just went out and was just quietly winning games mm. up to the start of the, this year. And then we just started blowing teams away when we got some players in. So it's incredible to think all the hardship we've went through this year and now we're sitting on the cusp of winning the league with games to spare. Yeah. And I think that game yesterday, it was, Stephen, more or less a title decider. It was Rangers' last chance to get in back into the title race in some way, shape or form, put pressure on us. And they just couldn't rise to the occasion because Celtic handled themselves. Yeah, well, let's let's look at that for a minute because all I've heard, there's been an awful lot of that's the real quizzing going on <laughs> oh, since sure. this game. An yes. awful lot of that's the real quizzing going on. I've heard about how they, that was a moral victory. They were the better team, mm -hmm. therefore proving they're the better team overall, despite the fact the league table says differently. Clear who the better team are, I think <laughs> one prominent <laughs> Rangers tweeter said. Yep, I was just, <laughs> I, I was waiting for... Not not one of their players would get into our eleven for yep. bingo. Uh, there's been a lot of that going on. So let, well, let's look at that for a minute. They had the chance to go and wrestle back some sort of control mm -hmm. over the destiny of the title. All they had to do was go to the home of the second best team in the league. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the clearly the best second second best team in the league and get a victory, and they couldn't do it. And it's not like we're superstars, Stephen. We're just normal men. <laughs> we're just normal men. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean normal men? We're just normal men. <laughs> just a living normal man just innocent men uh -huh. <laughs> so it's not like they had to go and beat Goliath or anything like that do you know what I mean <laughs> yes yeah, exactly so yeah I've, I've heard I've heard all the excuses I've heard all the excuses since the game and you know there's been a lot of um dominated a period of the game trophies mm, handed out oh, this season yeah. as well remember they won the second half at Celtic or they drew the second half at Celtic Park Ryan Jack oh what a performance it was <laughs> he, uh, he, hit the bar. he hit the bar he hit the bar yeah. and then they absolutely crushed us in the second half of this game as well I've heard it all but all it boils down to is you're right Rangers had that golden opportunity to go and prove all the stuff that they're saying about how they're the best mm. team blah 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 but they didn't do it they, they, crucially they didn't do it they got a draw at Celtic Park which was I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to dress up. It was a fair result, and was, for huh? and for a time, it looked a little bit dicey. Having watched the game back, it was one of those games that could have been three one to Celtic. It could have been three two to Rangers. It could have been three 0 to Rangers. It could have been three each. It could have been one. A really, it could have been any result, and you really couldn't have complained about it because I think both teams had the chances to either comfortably win or a high scoring draw yeah. in that game. I, I think a draw was a fair result, but the, all the pressure was on them. I, I went to. The game, as, as I said, I went to the game pretty confident because I, I thought, right, it's in sight here and we can go and just grab this title and just put it beyond doubt. 
but it, it was a draw. It was a draw, and, and Rangers just couldn't manage to, no. to get control of that. And Postacoglu more or less picked the same team that he picked um, the previous week. Anthony Ralston filled in at right back, and there was a bit of discussion mainly about who was going to start up front. It ended up being Kyogo that started up front. How do you think he got on? Uh, he had a great chance, a great chance mm. that if he scored that and Celtic go 2-0 up, I think the game's done. I yeah, think yeah. if Celtic, they had enough chances, the very good chances to make it 2-0, and I think if that, I don't, think, I don't see Rangers coming back. But it, it's a bit difficult. I don't think Celtic were great going forward and at the start of the game and for a lot of spells during it. So is one of those guys that feeds off chances, and if you're not supplying him, the way Celtic play, we don't want our striker dropping deep to go mm. and get the balls. He's always, as you see with Kyogo, a lot he's offside and then comes back on and makes the runs. So it did, Celtic didn't create the chances for him, so I can't really say he was good or bad. But well, I think when Jack and Marcus came on, the way the game panned out, it made Celtic look a bit better because we had a wee, an out ball mm. and some physicality to go up against Goldson. So look, I think I thought Kyogo starting was the right call, but. With Harry hindsight, it's maybe looking the way the game, but you never know how the game's going to pan out. I think you know how sometimes Stephen, you just prefer a player, and yeah, I yeah. do like Koyogo, but there's just something about Yakimakis that I prefer, and I think Yakimakis is has got all the makings of like a bit of a cult hero yeah, for yeah, Celtic. Yeah. And with hindsight, Harry hindsight, as, <laughs> uh, as Melly said, uh, with Harry hindsight, with hindsight and. I probably would have started Yakimakis just the way I just like how he bullies the Rangers centre halves. I think I think the Rangers centre halves, as Mel says, you need to create chances for Kyogo. He needs we need to get the ball forward. We need to create and and with Kyogo, I said this in the pre-match as well, he sometimes need to create three good mm, chances before yeah. he scores one. Whereas Yakimakis is in the habit of creating chances for other players. And I think with him providing the out ball, with his physicality sort of changes the way he plays. It's kind of academical now because we're not going to Academical. <laughs> mm. Mm. Did you not pick me up on that? It's kind of academic now because we're not going to play Rangers again for the rest of the season. But in retrospect, I, I think Yakimakis is the man against them. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know mm. yet. I think that we've got a number of attacking players, and none of them as yet have scored against Rangers. No, well, Jota now has a badder yeah. has in the past, but none of the the three options you think for central striker they've not scored against Rangers yet. So I don't. I don't really know. I don't know if there's necessarily a body of evidence for that. I, I, I was. What I mean, I just prefer him. Yeah, yeah. I just it. have a feeling. I, I think Yakimakis came on and, and did put himself about a bit. There was a, a fair few tussles with Goldson. Some of them, were, I, I mean, I don't, I can't really be bothered talking about the ref this time because I don't think it was as egregious as it has been in previous no. weeks. But I, th- I thought he was fouled a good few times, just being dragged all over the place. One thing that was annoying me about Yakimakis though was that he was going down a lot. And that's fine. I, I don't mind a bit of the kind of Chris Sutton thing. You back into players and go down and win fouls. Mm. But see, when it's abundantly clear that you're not getting that foul, you need to get back up and get yep. on with it. Honestly, see this staying down and throwing your hands in the air and rolling about and all that. It, it's not going to get us anywhere in a game that's as intense as that. I, we can't afford to have somebody lying in the deck protesting against a foul that wasn't given for 10 seconds while Rangers are on the attack. So that was kind of irritating me towards the end. But I... I don't. I just don't know. I th- I'm no further forward with what we spoke about last week. I could see the pros and the cons for starting either one of them. I don't know if, having seen the game, I, I'm any further forward on that decision as to what I would do with the next game. To be quite frank, I think they they both have their huge merits in this in this Celtic mm-hmm. team, and they both probably get a part to play in the last couple of games we've got. It's a strange one because Jack and Marcus he puts himself about and gives us that physicality and. Celtic needed that in the second half a bit, but we needed it because we weren't 
getting the ball into the final third the usual way we do by passing through Rangers and breaking through the lines. But with Giacomakis, I can't really remember a clear-cut chance he's had against Rangers. Mm. But with Kyogo, he had that one yeah. chance. So I, don't, I think Kyogo's more likely to score against them, but Giacomakis is maybe a better option yeah. to have up there. Well, that's kind of what I mean. It, 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 Kyogo missed a really good chance. Maeda missed a really good chance. Too good chance. Yeah. Jota missed a really good chance. Yeah. I mean, we passed up a lot of opportunities to see the game away. Yeah, as I said, if we score one of them, 2-0, mm. I think that's it. I think around the 55-minute mark, the, the game sort of changed. And if Celtic had got a goal, because into the first, towards the end of the first half, we were really on top of them. Start of the second half, we created a couple of those chances. The Maeda one... I think that was the one the one in the second half. If you score that just after half time, then I don't see Rangers coming back. But again, like the game at Hamden, just that momentum started to shift a wee bit. And I think that was when Celtic made the substitutions. I don't think for all Jackamacus came on and done done well. I think the midfield it wasn't working. Hatati was having another howler. Yeah. And then when we Steven made <laughs> yeah, we made the subs, I just feel when you take Cal McGregor out that number six position and put Neil Beaton in, it's not Neil Beaton's fault, he's not Cal McGregor. Cal McGregor is brilliant there, but he's also good further yeah. forward. But just taking him out there meant Starfelt and Carter Vickers, Ralston and Taylor didn't have that option of Cal McGregor always makes himself the option for somebody to pass to. He always makes he's so quick when find himself in space whereas near Beaton's a bit more ponderous he can't get about as much as McGregor that, we didn't have that ball into him who then plays it into the, the players we want on the ball so once we took him out the number 6 I think Rangers midfield sort of took over a bit and they were able to play those quick passes around us and get on, in on us and I just don't think Beaton could cover the ground Beaton and Rogic good players on their day but again I don't like them in the same midfield especially getting a big game mm. like this where Rangers midfield you've seen Lundstrom just absolutely wee guide Hattati every time yeah. he had the ball so it, wasn't he uh, just on the Lundstrom thing because I was waiting to bring it up and I didn't want you to drift too far away from Hattati because I know Stephen wants to talk about him as well it wasn't even that he wee guide him as in he had to push him off the ball see the amount of time Stephen that Hattati was just caught waiting on the ball in a Glasgow derby with, with the title and, and you're just waiting on the ball coming to you you can't do that in a game of five sides now Hattati's obviously tired, he's exhausted, yeah, yeah, we've heard the story and it's pretty clear and pretty evident what Ange's doing, he's like, look, this is what happens when you play for Celtic, so either sink or swim, every week, back in, back in, back in, you need to play through this because this is what it's going to take. I'm not having the tired thing either. No, I mean, whether he's tired or not, I, I don't think even Ange's having it, you know, yeah. Hattati can say what he wants in the press, but it's pretty obvious and Ange touched on it in the post-match yesterday that... Like this is what playing for a big club is all about. You're in every week. If you're tired, if you're upset, if you're struggling with the, the pace of it, if you're struggling with the emotional toll that all these high-pressure games are taking, then that's what playing for Celtic is and that's obviously what he's trying to do with Hatati. Yeah, I, um, I don't want to pile in on Hatati, right? Because we've had these discussions a number of times now. He's just a normal man. He's just, he's just a, what do you mean normal man? He's just a normal man. <laughs> he is just a normal man and... He has to see if he says he's emotionally exhausted. That that has to be taken seriously, right? I'm, yeah. it's, uh, it's we're all a lot more understanding. If somebody had said that in the nineties, we would have laughed at them. You know yeah. that kind of Stan Collymore thing used to. He said he, he was struggling mentally and all that, and everybody was like, "This is ridiculous, the most ridiculous thing I've ever said." So when a player that comes out and says that he's like kind of struggling emotionally and mentally and all that, and just physically exhausted, that has to be taken seriously. But I, I don't really see how that 
relates to how I'm supposed to analyse his performance because he keeps getting picked and yeah. that's, it's not my problem really to, to deal well, with that. I need, I need to watch Celtic as they're picked and as they perform on, on the day. And yeah, he might be absolutely exhausted, but as Melly said after the game to me, he's like, look, he's, we're only playing one game a week just now, right? So, so what's happening in the build-up? And people can it's, say... It's a first-half performance as well. Yeah. It's not as if it's into the last couple of minutes. Yeah. And people keep saying that like, he played a whole season in Japan, but uh, again, I just... Is this cumulative exhaustion yeah. from games that were played in November? I don't. How does that work? I, I don't, don't think. I honestly don't. As you say, keeps getting picked, and I yeah. don't really think it's anything to do with that. I think Hattie's getting. There's a few excuses to excuse Hattie's performances yeah. as of late, and this is one of them. But I think ultimately, I think Angie's just. Angie's got a commitment, doesn't he? Angie's a bit. Angie's a bit of an ideologue. When things that aren't working out. He still sticks with it. We've seen that at the early season. We saw that with inverted fullbacks when Tony Ralston was struggling to get a chance with it. We saw that with the playing out for the back against this Rangers game. Even we're under mega pressure, the ball still coming short. Ange has got his ideas and he's got his way to play. And Hatati is obviously key to that. And he's like, look, I'm, I'm, there's no quarter given here. You're going to find out whether or not you can sink or swim. And I think, I just think that's what it comes down to. And I think Hatati needs to just quickly, quickly get on board with it because I don't see that. I don't. How many games have we got left? Three? Three. Yeah. He's going to play all three games, obviously, isn't he? I'm just not going to take him out of the firing line. Yeah. The way Celtic are as well, I've heard all, all season about the injuries and all that, and they've got the zone seven in mm -hmm. now. So if he, if anyone was flagging up for Hattati, he wouldn't start these games. Yeah. He wouldn't start these games, mm, especially well. when Celtic have got beat on Rogic, McCarthy, McCarthy Edigucci, all, yeah. all on the bench yesterday. So it's not as if we're starved of options. He obviously thinks Hattati's the be better player out of them, or the he was for that game. And we've seen him have good games against Rangers uh, this year, but uh, tiredness can come into it at some point, but not 10, 15 minutes into the game when you've made one successful pass, where you're waiting on the ball, where you're being brushed aside, where nothing's really going right for you. Mm. I said to Stephen yesterday, there was one point in the second half where I think if somebody took a throw in and he just tapped it back to him, I was like, yeah, I spilled your confidence up. I'm like, this is Celtic against Rangers and I'm telling some guy <laughs> to get a touch of the ball to build his confidence <laughs> up. It shouldn't have to be like that because we can see he's had good performances, but it's been quite a number of games since he has had a, a very good game for Celtic. And these are the games where you're judged. These yeah, are the games yeah. where you're judged. And Ibrooks today, the semi-final, I think he's been subbed in them all. So, how long can it go on before? I think Celtic have not quite got that balance in midfield right. I thought it was quite very harsh to take off O'Reilly. I thought Wiley wasn't doing brilliant. I thought he was picking up good spaces and his energy about the pitch. And when, when that went off, and for all Hattati wasn't doing the, the basics right, he does get about the pitch. When, when we took that off and it was Beton and Rogic, I thought, oh, it's just a bit stale in there. Cal McGregor was terrific though. Yeah. Yeah, and it... Uh, Again, Player of the year, Callum McGregor. Let's give him his yeah, proper right. title. Entirely deserved, and what a season it's been from. And his performance yesterday, there was a few grumbles run about us where we said, "Say, oh, Callum, you've not done anything today." And I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure man. about that. But you see, you see it so clearly when he's not in that position, and it is near Beaton again. I don't want to make this a, a scapegoating exercise mm -hmm. where we just pile into the same players that we've had a lack of trust in um, all season. But you really do see the, the the loss of control in that midfield when Callum McGregor comes out of that position. We just don't have anything to replace. We've got loads of players who, ostensibly on paper, can play that position. We've got McCarthy, Edigucci, Beaton and all that, but nobody who can give you the level of control 
and dynamism um, and in leadership. That, yeah, yeah, that there is that as well because look, we've and sorry, I don't mean the intangible leadership that people talk about with Joe Hart. I mean leadership on the pitch. I mean when things are going wrong, Carl yeah. McGregor's always fussy. Give me the ball. Yep, he'll yeah. get himself into tight situations. He'll come short. He'll help a teammate out. He's always looking for the ball off them. Ah, uh, yeah, and that's that's something again. I, I don't want to. I don't want to stick the boot in his tatty right because it, it, he is still a new player and he has come from the, literally the other side of the world and he's trying to settle into a, a season that was in full flow when he got here never mind now when the, the, the pressure is even higher because we're about to clinch the, the league hopefully <laughs> and you know, I think you know, things have been very intense for him and I, I said last week that I'm just looking forward to getting all this excuse of playing loads of games and being exhausted out the way because yeah. I, I, that can't follow you around for the second season but the, the, the difference there is that the amount of trust that I have in Callum McGregor to to deliver a performance is completely different. I, I've said that I, I don't trust Hatati. That was a, a thing I said in the, the previous yeah. or, or a previous derby. And I want to I want to qualify that by saying that it's not that I don't rate him. It's just that I, I, he's a bit the, of a wild card, isn't he? Yeah, there, there's now a there's now a, a demonstrable pattern there with mm. the the performances he puts in. They're always the same. They're always the same. Hatati. That's how he plays now. He comes in and he looks. For weeks now, like he's playing a totally different game to everyone else. He's just a half a second off everyone else. Mm. Someone will pass t- to him in midfield and it'll break off him. Th- there was a couple of breakaways that were on yesterday and he was just closed down. Lundstrom was just quicker and more aggressive than him most times. So I- I'm I'm looking forward to, to, to hopefully changing mm. for Atati, but I know we've drifted back to Atati when we're trying to talk about Callum McGregor, but I just thought that comparison's quite interesting yeah. that with the level of trust that the fans should have. In, in the different players but uh, Callum McGregor is just brilliant I'm, I'm just so glad we've, we've got him I'm so glad that you know, a player like that could easily have been tempted to go elsewhere there was some chat about him leaving a couple of seasons ago comments were quite good yesterday yeah, yeah. really good yeah always are I've thought that for a long time he's very impressive when he, when what he did actually, he say? He said that it, for the listeners' yeah, benefit yeah. he took it personally last season mm. and he said I could have taken the easy option and left um, but I chose to stay because Hit his pride last year, so he wanted to win the the trophy, bring the trophy back for Celtic. Michael captain. Jordan in it. Remember uh, the, uh, anyone's <laughs> seen the last dance? <laughs> Michael Jordan said that about six times throughout the course of that documentary. Mm. So Cal McGregor's taking his inspiration from the greatest. Not bad, but oh, he's just just a brilliant player. Thoroughly deserved his his award as well. I've been awards, yeah, awards. Yeah, yeah. He's, I've been banging the drum for Cameron Carter Vickers uh, for a long time. For he might still get the twenty minute Tim's player. He, <laughs> he, he might do, but I, I could the not. Could not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The the real quiz. But it's, I couldn't possibly grumble with Callum McGregor winning it. And it, it, he's he's been due one. I think it's it's been about to be Callum McGregor's time for. A few seasons now. It didn't happen for him last year, of course, for obvious reasons, but I absolutely deserves it this year. Um, Jota's goal, Melly, almost a carbon copy, although very similar to the goal that uh, Abada scored against Rangers. Yeah, uh, Barisic uh, just having a nightmare again, wasn't he? <laughs> there was a couple of times he let, uh, let his man in, and it was the first time Celtic really got at Rangers and found space, and that was because we moved the ball quickly. Mm. Greg Taylor moves it into Maeda, who picked up great space and Taylor had picked up a really good position and it's a good bit of dribbling well we dribble from Maeda and a great ball across and it's kind of similar to the one that Kent had the early chance early on and look, we can slag Barisic for being a shite bag because that's <laughs> a couple of occasions he's been caught out like that but Ralston get caught out like that and it's so difficult as a defender to cut that ball out because yeah. there's somebody coming in ahead of you We've seen that with Ralston, so it is very difficult to defend. And just the way put uh, Maeda put it in there, Alan McGregor 
he's not going to come for that. And if you put it in that gap between him and the defenders, you've always got a chance against Rangers. And once we got that goal, that was like, right, we've no played great so far, but we're in the lead. Let's now push on and push on. But again, with Celtic in these this these type of games, didn't they quite do that? I don't it's because Rangers are. A, I think it's honestly without bombing them up to. I think it's because Rangers are a difficult side to beat. Yeah. As proven in the as, as proven in the Europa League. Well, no, I know we pumped them three 0 at Celtic Park, and that, that was a great result. And you get results like that, but I think each team. I think one one yesterday was probably a fair result given the performances of each team. Yeah, I think see that three 0 game. Look, it was brilliant. One of the best games I've ever mm. been to. One of the best atmospheres. But Rangers just collapsed in that first mm. half. So I think if Celtic had maybe won that game 1 or 2 nil, it might have not coloured the expectations for the, the next yeah. three old, uh, Glasgow derbies, as it is now called. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <that there. laughs> so I think just that when we beat them that time, it's sort of changed the expectations yeah, of a lot I of totally people, agree. myself included. But Rangers are a well-drilled team. Watching them again, that is five times three or four times I've seen them in the flesh this season they're not a good footballing team no. they are pr- pr- terrible to watch I'm still not quite sure what Van Bronckhurst's sort of style is he seems to be a sort of horses for courses manager and he'll change things he's switched up to a back three a back five even uh, against Leipzig but Rangers are better at sitting in and containing than Celtic yeah. Celtic have got a better defence than them but look they're in a semi-final they managed to effectively play well against Celtic not play well but they're I think effective the, the, the latter end of the second half especially Rangers probably played the better football against us yeah they, they seem to so many times Al McGregor uh, Goldson or Barisic it's that switch out to Tavernier on the right hand side up against Greg Taylor and go from there I'm like is that is that your tactic we were talking about? Well, to be fair, they did end up with Connor Goldson up front towards the <laughs> end of the game. You can imagine the tactics being put together. It's we Jimmy Bell, the analyst, uh, yeah. on on his laptop, like googling Greg Taylor, like Greg Taylor, Greg Taylor height. Gio was one point six four meters. <laughs> I don't know, but five foot six, right? There's your tactics. Just punt it down on top that, of him for the whole game. That was their tactic. Uh, I mean, for that was. I mean, we are taking the piss, but that was Rangers' tactic yeah, from yeah. the first minute, just shelling it on top of Greg that's, Taylor. That's what you pay for your, your tactical analyst for just uh, punt it towards the smallest guy in the Greg pitch. Greg Taylor must have thought, no fucking no one needs again, <laughs> man. God, I'm in for a shift here. <laughs> Greg Taylor. Turn on the Instagram comments so we can oh, tell me how back. much we love you. We, we do. We love you, mate. A, a sign of uh, growing confidence as a Celtic player is he's turned on the Instagram No, comments. I'm asking him to, has he? Oh, has he not? No, no he's not were, yet. No, I thought you were announcing that. No, no, only his pals, only his pals can oh, comment on dear. it and we're not friends with Greg Taylor on Instagram. <laughs> so, yet. turn on Not yet. 
Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Summer is here, the sun is shining, the shirts are off and your balls are smooth. You heard that right, your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. In summer you want to kill some cold beers and barbecues, not kill the vibes with pubes peeing from underneath your swimming trunks. That's why Manscaped has a performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer. I go to manscaped.com slash Tims for 20% off and free shipping. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer body. Inside this package, you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Stephen, what else could you possibly want? Well, you could explain exactly what that product is, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's just a ball sack trimmer. <laughs> That's from exactly your- what from your podcast mates and yeah crack on there's no other way to put it Stephen that's exactly what it is it's just a ball sack trimmer from your podcast mates and if you go to manscaped.com slash tims you get 20% off with free shipping this is the summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped Greg Taylor's one of these players who has really had a season defining or a defining season for Celtic and there's a couple other players that I think are due a mention one in particular is Joe Hart I think Joe Hart pulled off a save in the second half yesterday. Now, some people could maybe say that we went down a bit slow for the goal or whatever. That's You can discuss that, right? But he pulled off a save in the second half yesterday that basically secured the title for Celtic. Yeah. And I, I'm so pleased for Joe Hart. He did. Was he man of the match? Jota got man of the match. Did Jota? Yeah. I don't know who Sky Sports got. Because he did the post-match press conference. Uh, he did the post-match press thing that I was at. I, I, I'm so pleased for Joe Hart because Joe Hart came into Celtic with so much criticism. And for, oh, yeah. for once, it was actually criticism from not inside the club, but Celtic fans, the amount of people didn't want this guy, the amount of, I wrote a thing about it at the time, it was, I was jokingly saying, can we, can we not just go back to trying to figure out whether or not a player's good or not, instead of being told by scouts and scouts and analysts and data accounts, the minute a player walks in the door, you shouldn't like him, by the way, he's pish, no. going to give us a chance to find out whether the guy's good. Now, I'm, I'm quoting myself from when Joe Hart first walked in the door, because we had a litany of mistakes under Barkas, and even due into Joe Hart's Celtic career, there was people still out there with a straight face telling us that Barkas was the better goalkeeper. <laughs> well, and no matter what we're watching, the Joe Hart, 
the press didn't really care about Joe Hart so much as the Rangers fans never really every piece of main criticism about Joe Hart and his arrival at Celtic Park happened from Celtic fans happened from Celtic social media scouts and all that sort of stuff and he shut them all up oh yeah see there's nothing really wrong with being uh a little bit confused or a little bit kind of alarmed by signing a guy like Joe Hart out yes. of the blue, right? There's nothing wrong with that, nothing inherently wrong with having a, a little bit of a raised eyebrow and still to go and sign a guy like Joe Hart because he came out of the wilderness. He, he had a very high profile. Fall from grace is maybe a little bit strong, but you know what I mean? He was riding high with Man City and a wee bit too much has been made of the kicking that Guardiola gave him. Gave him. He just didn't want him. That was yeah. it. He just came in, took a high profile player and didn't really want him anymore, but his career has been in free fall since then. Uh, a couple of different spells. So when he rocks up at Celtic, I don't think it's beyond the realms of... Like, I don't think it's unfair to just be a wee bit like, hmm. Yeah, but I, I think my, my issue with it is it's never delivered like that, yeah, is it? Or is that what you're getting to? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's uh, that's out of the way. That's some admin done yeah. on it, on my point. I don't think it's wrong. But to be sticking to the guns on that months later yes. when he's clearly demonstrating why he's been brought to the club is ludicrous, quite frankly. Barkas is a good example because, you know, Barkas was, was the darling of these, these accounts that, to which you refer. And I, I, I don't want to really point to anyone's opinion on, on Twitter and that as, as a result, but it's like Barkas has been held up as this example as what you should go for mm. in a goalkeeper, but it was a disastrous signing, mm. like catastrophically bad signing. Not only, quid. not only was he ridiculously expensive, he actually, Celtic have signed a load of players in the very recent past. In fact, in fact going back the last 30 years, I've signed a load of players who come in and did nothing, but he wasn't one of those guys like... Charlie Musonda, right, came in, mm. did absolutely nothing, cost a fortune as an alone and just disappeared. But Barkas came in, cost a fortune and cost Celtic massively on the pitch. Oh, See, if you were to just bookend this season right now, if the season ended yesterday and Sunday, it would have started with Barkas chucking one in his own net against Mityland at home in that game that only 9,000 or 6,000 were at, including, including me. I, was, I had a great view of that. <laughs> So the season started with him chucking the ball in his own net and ended with Joe Hart pulling off a save that basically guaranteed the league. Because yep. yeah. see if we'd lost that game yesterday, make no mistake about this, it would have been squeaky bums time for the last three games. Of the season. Three points in it. Yes, we goal difference. We're still with three games to play. Tense, to say the least. So Joe Hart comes up with that save and he has been an absolutely brilliant signing. Could, could you get a better goalkeeper with the ball at his feet? I'm sure he could, mm. right? But... Uh, sacrifices have to be made here and the amount of saves that Joe Hart has come up with I would even go as far to say it might be hyperbolic here but I, I would even go as far to say is, I don't know if we're winning the league without guys like, it's not just Joe Hart himself but without guys like Joe Hart and guys like Starfield guys like Greg Taylor who, guys who have been criticised and questioned the whole way through the season I don't know if we're sitting in this position without some of these it's, guys it's the, it's, the, it's the contradiction that's never spotted that kind of gets me with these arguments right so the argument is is there a Joe Hart still unfashionable at Celtic still unfancied by a lot of people their argument is there's a better player out there with the ball at his feet right yeah but you've said that about Barkas yeah yeah and yes. Joe Hart's at the club and he's keeping the ball out of the net and he's fine with his feet Joe Hart said in his press conference when he arrived look I might not be the best at my feet but if we play the system right we're talking about 12, 8, 12 yard passes and that, that's all I need to do so he's maybe not the best at his feet but we had a goalkeeper who was supposedly good at his feet he was scouted and he was wonderful and it was all this sort of stuff and he couldn't keep the ball at the net and I do I feel like we need to fight Joe Hart's corner a wee bit because the guy came up here, as you said, Stephen, disaster after disaster, completely unfancied. 
took a pay cut, cost a million quid, got a two-year contract and everyone wrote the guy off before he even put a Celtic jersey on and he's been great. Including his most recent manager at Spurs, basically he, told him he's not a footballer anymore. Yeah. Months Your before. body is broken, whatever <laughs> yeah, he told him. Yeah, you'll never play a minute for me. Mm. Yeah, I think anybody that had any doubts about Joe Hart have probably come round to him now. Mm. And I, I don't think Stephen's exaggerating at all. I think if you... Had to take if Celtic hadn't signed Joe Hart at the start of the season, we wouldn't we wouldn't win the league. Yeah, we yeah. wouldn't win the league, and it's not just the saves; it's the overall leadership. You've seen the guy's basically a captain as well, mm. a captain that's been captain, hasn't he? He's had the captain's armband on in a game. I think uh, he's had it on briefly, yeah. possibly once. Yeah. But I mean, for the guy to come in, and it's not just the ability he brings; it's the whole all-round leadership. Mm. I'm sure he's a popular guy in the dressing room. Every player in most interviews always mentions him. Him and Cal McGregor have. They've led Celtic alongside Ange Postacoglu to where they are the now. And Barkas, I can name you numerous mistakes he made, numerous goals he cost Celtic. Joe Hart, I can think of Altmar. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of any mistakes. Yes, he does make mistakes with the ball at his feet, but I think every so keeper does every going player. to do that. Every right? player yeah. on the pitch does that. It's just highlighted more when it's Joe Hart. And it, he's only needing to make sh- short passes. So I think with Celtic yesterday, there is times where he does look cumbersome and you're like... Yeah. Give Starfield a chance, Joe. Come on, you're, you're <laughs> making it harder for him. And I think Celtic's defence was good yesterday. Uh, I thought Starfield was having a really good game, but it's just letting in that goal sort of clouded that a wee bit. But it was a tough one. I think that was quite a well-worked goal Rangers got there. It, I mean, it was a decent goal, but and, and as I says, I thought maybe Joe Hart could have done a wee bit better for it, but that's debatable. There's not a, You're not pointing the finger and going, that was a mistake by Joe Hart nailed on. Do you think, Stephen, though, this passing the ball out really quickly... That's manager instructions, isn't it? Oh, because okay. sometimes yeah. you're watching it, you're like, what the... F- Stop, Joe! Yeah, it clearly as He's clearly been told to play a certain way. That's not mm. just speculation. It's very obvious that the, the team have been told to play like this because you think, against all odds, like, even in the, the most pressurised of circumstances, they still try and play mm. like this. I, I understand it to an extent, and I understand people getting a little bit worried about it, especially in games like that, especially in games against Rangers when it's, we're not exactly... We're not 4 nil up and we're playing a bit of the back, right? I understand yeah. it, but... Again, just to reiterate, I've, I've been saying it all the whole time, the alternative is we launch it long, right? And I know for that two seconds that it gets it away from the goal, you feel a bit safer. But see when it just lands on Calvin Bassey's chest and they start again, yep. there's no point to it. Yeah, you, yes, you may not concede a goal from your own goal line when somebody takes it off you, but you've you've just lost the ball. You've just lost, there was numerous examples of that. Starfield tried a couple as well where he would just sort of slap the ball forwards he was trying to like these side-footed launches up the pitch he would just drop into midfield and Rangers would just come straight back at us I understand that I do I, I, I genuinely I'm not like sneering and saying oh there are these dinosaurs with a punt up the park I know that the pressure is on mm. and you want it just get it away for the goal but the players can't take that attitude they can't afford to take that attitude on the pitch because it, it doesn't benefit the team in any way. Yes, it will settle the crowd down if you just punt it up mm. there because see when it's sailing way over everybody's head, you go, you'll breathe out, right? But then it just comes straight back at you. Just a couple of things on Starfelt and on the crowd. Starfelt did it again against Rangers. There seems to be moments where, see when he's under no pressure, he, he's, he's looking for a pass. If the pass to Carter Vickers isn't on, he, he, he maybe passes it to the pitch or makes a mess of it. But there's a couple of times this season when he's been under pressure and he just brushed the player away and gallivanted up the pitch. And it's like he falls into a trance. It's like, Carver, do that again. Do what again? That <laughs> thing you did where you ran by four guys. Don't remember it. It's like, you can do that, mate. You, you've obviously got the ability. Please try it. In the flow it. state. In the centre-half flow state. I think you're right, like yeah. gallivants up the pitch and before you know he's 18 yards for goal. He's knocked three <laughs> Rangers players out the way. That's yeah. the... It's again something you sort of need to 
you need to take that with Starfield, don't mm. you? Because I thought defensively he was brilliant ah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Clearance his head. He's he made one mistake, didn't he? And recovered brilliantly for mm. him. I can't remember was it against. I can't remember who it was against actually. But that that's it with him. He's a brilliant defender, but on the ball, he is ponderous. But what Rangers do is they leave him on the ball. Yeah, yeah. And I was just getting a wee bit frustrated with him at times because he was left on the ball. Rangers drop into the free ahead of him, and then he's got that space drive into it, yeah. commit somebody and then play the pass because then that means somebody has to move out and it uh, opens up somebody else. But he just didn't do it. He'd done it once and uh, we powered through because Rangers yeah. weren't closing them down. So I felt Celtic, we, we, if we're going to play out from the back, simple to say, but we have to do it better. And that, that means players need to be willing. It's not, not just Starfelt that has to do it better because there's 10 players on the pitch that potentially he could pass to. Mm. But sometimes there wasn't the options and that's why Rogic, Beton is too ponderous in there for me. We need the guys quickly moving about. Like Greg Taylor, I think he picked up really good positions mm. trying to find space. Ralston's not as good as Juranovic, but when McGregor, he's fine. But some of the other players just weren't getting into the positions for guys like Starfield to move. And that's when Celtic are the best. Play it forward quickly and get on the move. And the longer the game went on, the less we done of that. The more punts we done up, as Stephen said, it was coming back, and that's playing into Rangers' hands because they are a physical team. Yeah. They are bigger than us, and they can get the ball, move it into positions like the fans for Sakala. Two chances Sakala had apart from his goals are balls in behind the team because we'd lost the ball. They pick up and play it through quickly. Celtic sort of let the game took it down to Rangers level and that's exactly what they wanted that's what happened in the League mm. Cup semi-final and Celtic need to need to be better on the ball Just on the crowd Stephen um, I felt when I said at the Cup final on the podcast I said when Rangers scored I felt that the crowd got a bit spooked they went mm. a bit quiet and all that I felt the same thing happened again in that game did you feel it? Uh, yeah uh, I think even I thought at half time mm. I thought it came out for the second half with a noticeable dip in the overall and kind of Fiery atmosphere because the first. That, sorry to talk over you, sorry, yeah. but just I even for, for, I even thought rather that the Green Brigade were they, they weren't pushing out as many hits per minute. Aye, aye, I know what you mean. The, the second half just felt a wee bit more subdued. Mm. Maybe that was just my perception, but I thought that that the first half was so so loud, so so intense for the crowd. It was almost like because because it scored, I thought like, well, it's kind of kind of done here. <laughs> it's kind of job done. I don't. I didn't really see. I, can't, I just went to the game thinking none, nothing other than a Celtic victory but I thought there was a noticeable dip when we came out for mm. the second half in the, the overall crowd atmosphere and I, I, I'd never really bought into the idea that that affects the players all that much on the pitch but maybe maybe it'll fed think, in uh, I feel like it does I feel like maybe this sort of there's a lull I don't, I don't know I know you've said before that the players can have to give the, the fans something to feed off it's like vice versa but again I thought I felt that lull came back into the game yeah it's quite a difficult one because I think this season from my point of view anyway I just want this league one mm. but you're, you're not quite enjoying it until it's won <laughs> if you know what I mean you're, you're just we need to get this over the line because in p previous times like we've been quite far ahead when yeah. we've won the league so yeah. we've not had this sort of tense race and think there's so much riding on this season because there's so much money a big pot mm. of gold at the end of it for the Champions League money that you know, just, everybody's just desperate to win this that just won over the line and then maybe it just releases all that pressure because when we've seen Celtic's good performances and pretty much every game you're going to 
Celtic have been under pressure to win the game, mm. and that that comes from the crowd as well because like well, we're only f- six points behind them, and then if we beat them, well we can go top of the league, and then as soon as you get top of the league, like, we need to stay ahead, we need to win this, and then beat them at Ibrox oh, six points, and then when it gets to yesterday, you're just sort of well, just beat them, and then that's that's basically yeah. it, and then when it doesn't come, it is. Nerve wracking, it is nerve wracking because one of those chances goes in for Rangers, and you're like, How have we ended up losing this game? We yeah. probably don't deserve to win it, could argue, but we don't probably don't deserve to lose it. And it, you can get spooked because it, it's on a knife edge like that's six points and it's sealed. If that had went to three points, and you're like, Oh, oh no, yeah, that's what I mean. so it's the, the margins are so fine and the teams are so close that you're going, Look. Even if Celtic play pretty well, we could still end up mm. losing this. Whereas Celtic were turning up in the last what five years and battering Rangers yeah. four five. Look, numerous times in the season we scored five goals against yeah. them, and we sort of got away from that. It's become closer now. We're looking at it, going, "This is a tight title race, and if Celtic can get this over the line, it will be miraculous." But you need to get it over the line just for that release of pressure, because I think the game after we win the league will be unbelievable everybody will be in full party mode we're just getting that champagne just mm, on ice. ice we've got we've got Rylan waiting there <laughs> we're waiting on him Rylan you need to come to Celtic Park and get, get this is in. an official invite to Rylan come to Celtic Park guests of 20 minute times for the title party get one of the cars to drive you what ones? Cinch cars? Oh, get yeah, a cinch yeah, yeah. car to drive them. Yeah, threw me off there, Stephen. Well, that, that was another defeat. That was another real quiz uh, victory for Rangers <laughs> oh, yesterday. Outsung by 700 fans oh. as well. Oh. I, I heard that. So didn't he, did he get, <laughs> didn't he make it all the way to Massey anyway? But, but the, the, sorry, I said to Stephen at the game, look at that flag. It said <laughs> Barhead had a Rangers badge or some manky badge of theirs and then it, underneath it said staunch and true <laughs> what does that mean? you never really hear the word staunch no. used really in any other context it's like bile, in it, Aye, like bile. what did you make though of uh, the Peaky Blinders because <laughs> Green Brigade get work as yeah. usual you know and there was a lot of work in that a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on the, the live spray painter guy oh, I like that yeah, yeah, yeah I like that a lot of pressure on him to get that right but I just think Peaky Blinders, as far as cultural touchstones go, <laughs> is reeking a toxic masculinity. It's <laughs> uh, sort of really, really cheesy. I associate it with like Instagram means a picture of Thomas Shelby with a cap, like a cigarette, saying something like, A lion doesn't. Uh, yeah, something she, like that. I'm old school. I respect such I respect my women. Uh, I hate men <laughs> and I drink pints and stuff like that. Yeah, there's, it's such. Peaky Blinders for me is such a weird cultural thing that I've just it's just completely passed me yeah, by. See, Peaky Blinders, I mean, it, have um, you watched it? Yeah, yeah, it, it's actually quite a, a good and well well made and well acted mm-hmm. TV show. Uh, Peaky, but it is it's a naff cultural phenomenon because yeah. of what it has birthed and all the guys with their, with their clothes and all that. But I feel the same way about Peaky Blinders as I do about Rage Against the Machine and Fight Club. Hmm. It spawns basically the worst things in culture imaginable, but I don't think they can necessarily... Be- I don't know if Pe- I can sit here and have you slag Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Oh, right. <laughs> totally taking the opposite well, of my point. You said it spawned the worst cultural things imaginable. Yeah, Limp Biscuit came after Rage Against oh. the Machine. I can't have you slag Limp Biscuit either. <laughs> worst, but, uh, they, they spawned... Limp Biscuit and Corn and Linkin Park and all that drip. Basically <laughs> ripping him apart. Hold on, here. Hold on a second. I'm not going to sit here on my own podcast. And it's, it's not their fault. as well. Uh, to, I don't know anything about that. But, it's, uh, but Rage Against the Machine... Fred Dust doesn't he watch? <laughs> 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 
Rage Against the Machine can't be blamed for that, just like Piggy Blenders can't be blamed for the lad culture. Okay, right. Mm, I'm, I'm fuming at that, man. I, I, I can't let that go. Uh, let's talk about the manager, manager of the year, Alpha Papa, and Postacoglu. <laughs> Fully deserved his manager of the year title, did he not? Oh, definitely. He's the standout candidate. Gazumping Dick Campbell. I know. Oh, aye. Yeah. Aye. Good. <laughs> who, was, who, who was up for it? Paul Hartley, Dick mm. Campbell, uh, Alpha Papa and someone else. I can't remember. Malky? Malky McCann. Yeah, quite right. Aye. Aye, you've got to give it to Ange, haven't you? Yeah. The job he's done is incredible. Not, only... Not a miracle though. Uh, according to Ewan Murray, mm-hmm. who previously in the season wrote <laughs> that uh, it would take a miracle to overturn Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best this you aye, that aye. I've seen all yeah. season. Aye, absolutely brilliant. Check, check our Twitter feed for evidence of that. Sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the guy deserves it. The job he's done is incredible to have one trophy in the bag already, to have Celtic on the verge of winning the title from from where we were. I remember he was talking about you guys give out titles early in this mm-hmm. country. Like, he stuck to what he believed in and we could all see it. Like, this is going this is going to click at some point if we get it right. And we've got it right. Like Some of the... I think, as I said, when we win this league... If we had to draw and say one of the previous games against Rangers and then beat them yesterday, I think the whole perception would be completely mm-hmm. different. It's just because we, we stayed six points ahead. But, I mean, if you were off on six points ahead a month ago at this point, you'd be like, wow, that's mm-hmm. going to take something. And that's what you have to do. You have to. You can't just look at it as the last match. You have to look at it over the season. Some of the football we have played has been incredible. We've got new heroes everywhere all over the pitch. We've got players buying into everything this guy says. And everything he says, you're like, this guy is special, man. Mm. He is special. And once this league is signed and sealed in the next week or so, I just want Celtic just to sit down and hand out free contracts. Jota, Carter Vickers and Ange Postacoglu is the one they have to get nailed down longer term because I know he's on a one-year own contract, but hit him with a four-year deal mm. because this guy, it's brilliant. And look, Europe's going to be difficult for Celtic, but the way we are playing the now is some of my favourite football I've watched from a Celtic team. Everybody buys into it. We've got good young players who could be here for two or three seasons and build something really special. To go from nine in a row, lose the league like we've done, and for this guy to come in and just pick this club up from the ashes, mm. basically by himself... Because nothing else has really changed apart from him. Same coaching staff. And he's just brought in players. He's got a style like Liverpool Man City. Buy players to suit my style mm. and I'll get you results. We've got two trophies. We were, what, one game away from being in a Scottish Cup final. Managed to do okay in the Europa League, despite us saying we're not going to qualify yeah, yeah. for that. It was, it was incredible. And it's just going to be great to see where Celtic can go from here because I think... I don't think he's going to rest on his laurels. I think there's no. going to be three or four key positions he will he will target in the summer to bring in players players to improve. I'm talking maybe a left back, a central midfielder, a winger. If we sign John Carter, maybe left-sided centre-half and Celtic could be a really good team for a few years I agree with all of that I, I can't really put Thanks. any, any yeah, you're very welcome well done man. <laughs> uh, I can't really d- improve on that mm. much but I, I can put a little bow on it by saying that I've always I believe that the manager of the year shouldn't just automatically be the league winner no. because I don't think that tells the whole story I think you can you can win a league in a country just any country without necessarily having outperformed your your mm. task set, right? I, I can't really think because it's it's always like a toss up between like Klopp and Pep Guardiola in England. Just depends who won it. But you've got managers there 
just taking this season as an example, Eddie Howe has performed miracles with that Newcastle team. I think they're basically the second or third best team in the league since he took over, mm. which is ridiculous because they were down. And the the reason I'm talking about this is because as I, I don't think it should just go to the automatic, the winner of the league. I think it should be about what you do within you know, the, the boundaries of your resources. And for all the reasons that Melee has just listed, I think it's still Ange Postacoglu. I think even though he has the you know, the greatest budget in the league and all that, I think even with that, I think you look at where Celtic were again. I, I don't want to have that whole conversation mm. again about where how the distance have come in that. Just link, look at the Michelin lineup. <laughs> exactly, and I think even stripping away, I, I don't want to get too misty eyed about it, right? Okay. But even stripping away all the football stuff, the the level to which that Ange has made us all just buy back in to this yeah. club after the the insults we suffered last season from from the club and from the board and all that, all the pish we were hit with in the press and I seemed like a daily basis but it's all to have fully bought back into I mean, we're always going to be supporters of the club of course mm. but to, to, to have thrown ourselves so fully behind the manager and there's always going to be a few dissenting voices out there I can't speak for everyone but for the vast vast majority of the Celtic support we're massively behind this guy and that's not easy that's not easy no. to come from you know again like relative obscurity for us I'm, I'm not doing that thing where oh he's, he's come for nobody mm. like, he's a he's a no mark and all that but to Scottish football, he's a relative unknown. Yeah. They've come in from that from that level of basically nothing yep. to the average Scottish fan to being what he is now, the, the figurehead of Celtic Football Club, is a re remarkable performance from a manager and he fully deserves his, his manager of the year. Even taking away all the trophies and all that, just for what he's done with the resources at hand, the lack of a team he had, every, the, the whole team left at the, the last summer and to have won the league Remarkable in itself, but just the, his his performance as a manager has been exceptional. Yeah, and I was just thinking when you were saying that when Celtic managers, like big managers that have come in in the past, whether it be Martin O'Neill, Gordon Strachan, maybe to a lesser extent, Brendan Rodgers, Rodgers and O'Neill, they're coming in with huge fanfare. Like yeah, Brendan yeah. Rodgers had thousands of people go to the game. From the off, everybody pretty much was behind that appointment. It looked perfect. Ange Postacoglu had to come in do all you're saying and win over a lot of his own fans. And he's done that through his performances, through the team he's built and through his words. Like, everybody hangs on every word he says now. Well, remember, he, he was asked quite early on what it was like to be the second choice. Everyone knew he was the second choice for Celtic. And his reaction to that was, I might be the fifth choice for all I know. <laughs> yeah. you know it doesn't matter. And he's never been phased by a single second of that. Because that's not easy either. See, for the, the club to have taken such a very high profile pursuit of a you know a sort of white elephant manager <laughs> Eddie Howe and to fail that and for Ange Postacoglu to come in everyone not everyone maybe but a lot of us were like seriously because you need to remember where we've come from as well you've just listed them Brendan Rodgers was a major major coup for, for Celtic at the time major name in management then it was Neil Lennon who was a very obvious figure in Celtic's history and then this guy comes in we need all remember what that was like at the yeah. time. Everyone's like, this is ridiculous. The, the board, this, the board, that. Yeah. And and for this to have been delivered to this extent, incredible. Ah, you couldn't, when you first came in, we all set out our pre-season expectations uh, and, and they've all been surpassed. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of them at every stage and and he's given us our team back as something we've said before yep. and, and it's just great to have ultimate faith in a manager and I, I can't really add much to what you two have said about the guy. He needs to, we need to get him signed up in some sort of contract. Yep. Yep. That's the, We need to show the same faith in Ange. The club need to show the same faith in Ange that the supporters have got. And before we wrap up, I think it would be remiss not to mention Leila Bada, young player of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well deserved. 
Yeah, again, uh, a very, very surprising impact from Leal Abada. The first half of the season was incredible mm. from him. Uh, 14 or 15 goals by basically, you know, kind of, Christmas or January. He's fallen off a bit since then yep. and has since lost yeah. his place a little bit. That's absolutely fine. He's got plenty mm. of time. He's still very young. I've had one or two questions over him this season as to whether he can deliver long term for Celtic. But every time I do that, it just it shuts me up and it led me to say, look, there's absolutely no sense in focusing on the negatives with him anymore because his impact has been so huge and his uh, contribution has been you know, so significant in this title push that he has had a great season, even if it has tailed off a little bit, which you can probably expect from such a young player. Yeah, because we've brought him in and you've you've not got that, seen him grow up, like certain players coming mm. through the youth ranks, that you forget how young he is, like Celtic, Abada, yeah, Matt O'Reilly's 21 <laughs> as well, like guys like that, even like Hitati, he's quite young as well, 23 I think he is, so when you look at Leal Abada, and, and I'll go, oh, he could improve this in his game, he could improve that in his game, he needs to get better, better at dribbling, but he scores goals. Ah, that's fine then. Yeah. Just, just score goals then, mate, because <laughs> yeah. that's how you win games. So look, if everybody's flying at Celtic and Leo Labada's there, he'll score you goals. Yeah. So I think he's going to be an important player over the next couple of years. Can improve, but if you're telling me, look, this guy's got improving to do and he's going to get you at least 15 goals a season, sign me up. Patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's no big sale. Sign up for that. As well. Sign up for that. Yeah, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's no big sale, no massive advert this week. You already know what it is. If you want to support us, you enjoy the work that we do, you enjoy the podcast and you want more of it, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim's. There's a link down below. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. What a podcast, eh? Yeah, yeah. We've done it again. We're just men. We have done it again. We've delivered another world-class podcast performance, despite the fact we're just normal men. Unbelievable. Every week people listen to this podcast, they go, how can they improve? Well, we've done it. (laughs) And on that note, I was about to plug the Patreon again by accident. And on that note, thank you so much for listening and watching. 